Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I am so happy you're spending a little of your Sunday morning with us. It's that time of year again when animal shelters everywhere are celebrating the holidays by having extra special events. And Katie Ingram from the Orange County Animal Care Center has some big holiday news from her facility. Then later in the program, animal communicator Bonnie Taplin will share some stories about how she talks with the animals. You won't want to miss a single moment, so grab that cup of coffee and settle in for a great episode of the Pet Place Radio Show after a super quick station message here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to welcome to the show Katie Ingram from the Orange County Animal Care Center. Hi, Katie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Marie. I appreciate it. So over at the Orange County Animal Care Center, I understand you've got some big events coming up for the holidays, and I was wondering if maybe you can tell our listeners about some of the special plans you have up your sleeve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've got some pretty exciting events coming up in December uh, every year we do our annual Santa photos here at the shelter where we invite pet owners and their families to bring their own little pets down, get their photo taken with Santa, and we actually give the photos out for free, and with any donation we'll print copies of the photo and put them in some really cute Santa frames for people to take home as well. Oh, how fun! And uh, what's the suggested suggested donation price for those, or is it just you completely know, up to the person? Totally up to the person. We we are happy to give anything out with as little as a penny, and we've had folks that donate hundreds of dollars. And everything that gets donated goes right back to the shelter and the animals. Um, Generally, we use it to buy toys and treats that the volunteers can hand out to the pets that are here. Oh, that's wonderful. And do you have any other special activities coming up? Yes, we have a holiday adoption event, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be on Saturday, December 17th at uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and during that event, we'll actually be offering um, discounted adoptions to anybody who adopts a dog or cat or bunny from our shelter. They'll be saving $50 off of any animal that they adopt, and then free goodies for every pet adopter that day as well. What is the actual adoption fee for dogs and cats nowadays? It actually varies. At our shelter, we charge um, based on whatever services that we provide, Mm-hmm. So if an animal needs everything, it needs to be spayed or neutered, all their vaccines, their microchips, um, that could range between 140 to about $200. Okay. Um, if an animal comes in already spayed, then the owner would save um, $50 off of that. So it could be as low as $75. Oh, wow. And do you have senior citizen discounts? We do. We offer a Senior for Senior program. So if a senior citizen over the age of 55 comes to the shelter and adopts a pet over the age of five, then they save uh, $20 off the adoption fee. And if they're licensing a dog, then they get their license for a reduced rate as well. Oh, that's very cool. And I understand that if you have your pet spayed or neutered, you also get a reduced fee on the license, right? Yeah, it goes from $100 for an unspayed or neutered animal down to uh 
$24 for a spayed or neutered wow. animal. So now, definitely worth it to spay and neuter. Do you find that most people then who are licensing their pets are, are getting the discounted spay and neuter fee uh, rate for that, or are there still some holdouts who, who absolutely won't do it? There's a few holdouts. I, I think that most folks are very well aware nowadays of the benefits of spaying and neutering, mm -hmm. not only the discount on license, but for the health of their animal. So we are seeing more and more altered pets coming in, getting licensed every year. Uh, but it continues to be our mission to educate the public and get everybody on board with spaying and neutering. Let me ask you about cats. Now, cats are not required to be licensed, but you can voluntarily license your cat. Isn't that true? That is true. And um, we at the shelter see more licensed dogs and cats being returned to our owners than obviously unlicensed dogs mm -hmm. and cats. So even though it's not required for a cat owner, we highly encourage it because it's just another way for us to be sure that we get a lost cat back to its rightful home. That's excellent. And let's talk about microchips, too. I know that if a pet has a microchip and it's lost its tag for whatever reason, uh, shelters can scan the microchips and track down owners that way. Do you have a microchip program at your shelter? Yes. We, um, we actually have universal microchip scanners that our veterinary facility uses and our um, animal control officers carry. Mm -hmm. And we scan every animal that comes into the shelter um, when they initially come in uh, and then when they get adopted and also um, a third time when we're releasing the animal. So we okay. make sure that we check them three times to, make, to catch any microchips that they have. Okay. Um, and then we require any animal that's adopted to be microchipped as well. Oh, good. So included in your adoption fee then is the microchip. Yes, absolutely. And we've actually seen more animals um, being returned to their owners because we're requiring that microchip upon adoption. Wow, that's great. And I know a lot of people when they think, wow, $150 for an animal shelter animal, I don't know if I want to spend that. But then when you think about everything that's included, it's really a great deal because if you took that same animal to a vet and got all the same services, you're probably going to be paying quite a bit more than that. Yeah, I would agree, I, and that's something we talk to people about all the time here uh, because initially the, the price of $200 may be a little bit shocking, but when you break it down and you remind them, again, that the spay and neuter is included, the deworming, the vaccines, the flea treatment, the microchip, mm -hmm. uh, it really is a great value. They're actually paying virtually cost or really under cost for all of those services to make sure that everything's done before the animal goes home. Wow. And it would definitely be impossible to find that kind of a price if you're if you're doing those services separately at a local veterinarian. Okay. Let's tell everybody where your shelter is located. Yes, we are located at 561 the City Drive South in the city of Orange, mm -hmm. and we're right between the 5 and the 22 freeways. Okay, so you're right across the street from the block then? Yes, right across the street from the block. Okay. Do you have people who wander over and, and just decide to take a look because they were shopping at the mall? We do, and actually we're developing an outreach program with one of our volunteers right now to try to um, work with the owners of the block and have a, an informational table set up over there on the weekends to encourage folks to come to the shelter and see all of the great pets that we have up for adoption. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Do you have special hours um, on the weekend? Are you open the same amount of time on weekdays and weekends? How does that all work? 
We are open seven days a week, mm -hmm. and um, every day we're open from 10 to 5, except for Wednesdays. We actually stay open a little bit later, and we're open till 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Okay, so 10 to 5 on Saturdays and Sundays also. That's right. Oh, that's wonderful. If somebody finds a lost animal, and, and I, I've heard so many people, they, they tell me how they got their pet, and they got their pet because it just showed up at their house. <laughs> right, right, yes, I've heard that too. And as much as you want to keep the cute little cuddly people who uh, happen to have fur and four legs that show up at your house, you really can't do that. You have to turn it into the shelter. But a lot of people are concerned about turning animals into the shelter because they're worried that if they do that, it'll be put to sleep. Is there a way that somebody who finds a pet that they've fallen in love with, is there a way they can adopt it if the owners don't claim it? Yes, we... Um Anybody who finds a pet, you're absolutely right. They should take it to their local shelter so that the owner has the first chance to find it. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we do at our shelter is we give those folks that bring in the pet the first opportunity to adopt. Oh, so if they great. bring in a dog or a cat and they say, you know, if nobody claims that I want it, then we actually will tell them the day that the dog or cat will be available. We give them until noon that first day, and they're the only person who can adopt it that first, that, that first couple hours of the first day. Um, so they're first priority. Okay, and you have to remember, most animals have a family somewhere, especially if they're friendly and they're clean and they happen to show up, you know, outside your house. Something probably happened, like a meter reader left a door open or a gate open, and and you have to put yourself into the shoes of the family who have lost the pet, and they're probably going nuts trying to figure out where their pet is. And the animal shelter is the first place people go looking for their pet, right? That's right. Yeah, definitely we're going to be the first place that folks will look, and they may not think to, you know, check one or two blocks over from their home and knock on doors. So having it at the shelter where they can see their pet on the website, come down and check and see if it's here is going to be the safest and best place for it to be to find its way home. Wonderful. And let me talk to you about cats again for a moment. We've mm -hmm. had some situations in Orange County where people are concerned, and Los Angeles County for that matter, about cats and coyotes mingling. What's your advice to cat owners as far as keeping their kitties safe from coyotes? I would suggest if you live in an area where coyotes are a concern that you actually not keep uh, your cats outdoors because um, small pets, dogs, or cats really would be considered uh, prey for a coyote. And having a cat outdoors uh, puts your cat at risk of potentially not you know, surviving an attack. So mm -hmm. we definitely recommend that pet owners keep their cats inside, uh, that they make sure that they're safe and they're locked up, especially during dawn, dusk, overnight, um, the most common hours when coyotes are going to be out roaming and looking for food. Absolutely. I'm glad uh, I was able to squeeze that into our yeah. conversation. <laughs> I know we've been all over the place in this conversation from holiday season to spay and neuter to wildlife so thanks for speaking no problem any education we can provide <laughs> we're happy to do it <laughs> okay let's remind everybody one more time when your big holiday event is and also your website address to take a look at some of the cute animals you have available yeah absolutely our holiday event the holiday adoption event is going to be happening on saturday december 17th from 10 to 2 right here at the shelter and if folks want to see what animals we have available for adoption they can check out our website at www.ocpetinfo.com
OCPetInfo.com. That is very easy. Yes, easy to remember. <laughs> I was worried you were going to have some huge Orange County government <laughs> link. I was going, oh, please be simple, please be simple. <laughs> no, we picked a catchy one on purpose, for sure. Very good. Katie, you have a lot of great events in store in the coming weeks, and I hope you get a lot of your pets into forever homes as a result of these wonderful activities. So thanks for being here today. Great. Thank you, Marie. Appreciate it. We need to take a quick station break, but don't go away. We'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. Joining me now is animal communicator Bonnie Taplin. Good morning, Bonnie. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks. Good morning. Good afternoon to you, too. Good morning. Good morning, yes. Now, I understand you are an animal communicator. First, let's tell everybody what exactly an animal communicator is. An animal communicator is, in my definition, a person who uses their intuitive skills to speak with animals. Oh, well. Animals speak with me, and I speak with them. Like Dr. Doolittle. Well, that's funny that everybody usually brings that up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm really nothing like Eddie Murphy or, or Rex Harrison, uh, but okay. the, the concept is the same. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you become an animal communicator, or how did you even know you had this ability? Well, interestingly, I knew for many, many years that I had some intuitive skills going on, just being what some people just refer to as being psychic. Mm -hmm. And I had always had uh, a major um, interest in, in animals and thinking maybe someday I might work with them. And I was actually taking a class on developing your sixth sense and that was how I discovered that I had the ability to connect with animals. When you were a kid growing up, did you feel any special connection to the pets in your own life? You know, I really didn't. I loved the animals in my life, but I never really was conscious of any messages that that came from them. I might have picked up on things intuitively, but I didn't really acknowledge it the way I do now. Okay, so you really had to hone this skill. Uh, I did, I did. I think everybody is intuitive. Everybody has that gift. We're all born with it. Mm-hmm. It just comes in, in you know, various levels. And, uh, you know, we all have that gut feeling about things in life at some point in time. And uh, I, I did definitely hone my skills and uh, discovered that not only do I have the intuitive skills working for communication purposes, but uh, it also includes the uh, seeing things and hearing and feeling things. Those those terms are called uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. Oh, okay. Well, what did you do before all of this? Were you an accountant or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was something very different. Um, oh, okay. Actually, no, it was, it's interesting that I actually worked um, in the field of early childhood. So working with young children and families is very similar to working with families with pets. Okay. Are you doing this because you want to help animals with behavior problems? What got you interested in to go in this direction? I basically do want to help pet owners understand their pets, 
and develop a deeper bond with them and basically share respect and unconditional love. So how does the average phone call go? If you have a client who calls you, what are they usually asking of you? Um, The majority of questions people contact me uh, for is behavior. Okay. And, uh, for example, a very common theme is cats or dogs who are peeing in the house, or cats who pee outside of their litter box, um, excessive barking in dogs, and um, other issues would include um, health conditions. Okay. And when you meet the animals, tell me wh- how that session works. How how are you able to communicate with a cat or with a dog, let's say a cat, who's not using his litter box? Tell me how that interaction works. Okay. Um, I do see clients, uh, by the way, um, in person mm-hmm. if they're in my geographical area. And the ones who are either unavail- unavailable for that or not in my area, I do a phone reading. Okay. Um, It's always nice to see the animals in person, but I also can get the same results with a picture or just a description. Wow, that's really interesting. I would have figured you'd need to be close. Yeah, most people do. And as much as I prefer that, it just can't always be that. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So um, I always enjoy seeing them in person, but interestingly, when I go to someone's home, um, if there's a cat who really doesn't like company, they end up hiding under the bed or in the closet anyway, so, um, but the the energy is what uh, exists between the animal and myself, and that's what I'm tapping into. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and what do you think is generally the cause for most kitties, because that is actually a pretty common problem where kitties stop using the litter box. What tends to be the most common problem there? The most common issue is some kind of change or disturbance in their lives. For example, someone comes to visit or someone has left who's usually in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even had a cat tell me that they were upset because their litter box was moved. Ah. Sometimes people think it's time for a new litter box, and they think, oh, the other one's kind of old, and I'll just get them a new one, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's a new litter box, and then the cat's going, excuse me, what is this? Yeah. And <laughs> cats typically are, as, as we all know, very finicky mm-hmm. and much pickier than dogs or, or other animals, and so... Uh, they really want to be consulted before you make any changes in the home. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so why should we find out if animals have anything to say? Why not just stick to the traditional human-animal bond where you give them a pat and you tell them what you want and you yeah. don't really listen to what they want? That's a really good question. And basically my goal is to give animals a voice and to educate animal lovers and pet owners about the importance of finding out what really is behind those eyes mm-hmm. and underneath everything and what they're really feeling and thinking because they do have thoughts and feelings just like we do. And it's really uh, a, a carryover of my work with children and families and 
I also was an advocate for giving children a voice, so it's just moved right into giving animals a voice. Mm-hmm. And they do. They really do have a lot to say. And in order to respect and appreciate them for the companions that they are in our lives, I believe it's important to find out what's going on in their minds and in their hearts. Now, when you say you hear them talking, it's not English. It's just more of a feeling, isn't it? No, it's English. (laughs) And interestingly, I spoke to a French poodle once who spoke to me in a French accent. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It comes. The the basic description of it is when when your when your intuition kicks in, Mm -hmm. you kind of hear it as just a still small voice in your in your head. So it's kind of like the Star Trek Universal Translator. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not a Trekkie, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but but it does come through as a thought, basically. And and so I, you know, how you see things in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Well, I do see things from the animals. What the pictures that they're sending me, and I also hear things in my mind's ear, so to speak. Okay. So, but it's like a it's like a thought. It's really coming through. I don't really hear different levels of voices. Um, but there can be some variation depending on who I'm talking with. Okay. When you're out and about and there's animals everywhere, there's birds in the trees, there's kitties walking around, there's dogs who are going for walks, are you just flooded with a constant stream of talking all around you? You know, that that's a very common question, and you would think that that would be the case, uh, but it's not. Um, basically, when I first started this work, I was getting information from various animals without my even knowing where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. The first couple animals who spoke with me were horses that I knew because I have a horse, and there were a couple of horses in my barn aisle who randomly talked to me, and I had to think about, what? Who is that? What? <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically uh, what uh, what I ended up learning was how to control that. So. of the time, animals do not communicate with me until I request their permission. Oh, okay. Uh, Once in a while, depending on what's going on and where I am, uh, they will just give me a sentence or two, Mm -hmm. um, especially if I, you know, get introduced to somebody who's standing there with a dog on a leash and just saying hello to the person, and then I suddenly get a little statement like, excuse me, but um, I would like to do agility. (laughs) <laughs> that, that that happened to me one time. I was at a, a dog event, and I was introduced by a friend to a friend of hers, mm-hmm. and they walked up with, with a dog, and, oh, hi, how are you? My name is so-and-so, and, and then that, I heard it from the dog, and wow. the dog said, I'm, I'm, excuse me, but um, I'm an animal communicator, and I want you to know that your dog just told me he would like to do agility, and it's so funny because that has happened a few times, and the response was, you know, that's interesting because we were actually thinking about that. Oh, that's so funny. So, <laughs> and the other thing I would like to add um, is that animals are actually highly intuitive themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they pick up on things and will share with me those things that the family members are actually thinking or talking about. Uh-oh, so you have to be careful what you're thinking around your pet. <laughs> exactly. I, In fact, I have a, a funny example about that. I went to a client's home, and her dog was in the room with us, and he was lying under the coffee table and just 
feeling very comfortable and closing his eyes. And I, like I said, I always start off by asking permission. And I asked to speak with him, and I got no response. I heard nothing. I heard silence. Mm-hmm. And I was confused because this hadn't happened to me before. And I asked him again, may I speak with you? And again, nothing. Finally, I said, all right, I'm going in for a third time. And when I asked for a third time, the response I got was, well, I'm not giving you any family secrets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. pretty funny. Now, do you say this out loud when you ask permission, or is it strictly just thoughts? It, uh, it is silent to me. Okay. Okay, so the family that you're visiting doesn't hear your side of the conversation. Uh, no, typically no, but I might say I'm going to ask him now how he feels about, or I typically ask the clients to prepare a list of questions for me to ask their pet, mm-hmm. and then they'll say, could you ask him up why he, whatever, okay. and then I'll say, okay, and then I ask silently. Bonnie, you have a truly interesting line of work, and I really thank you today for stopping by to talk about it. We need to take one last break now, but we'll be right back here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. Don't go away. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and it's time for a little Pet Place news and events. The Bunny Bunch has asked me to pass on information about their 2012 calendar featuring rescued rabbits. It's a must-have for every bunny lover, and it makes for a great holiday gift. Proceeds from the sales of the calendar help the Bunny Bunch care for foster bunnies at the borough and in foster homes. This includes spaying and neutering and medical costs, as well as room and board. By purchasing this calendar, you'll help them be able to continue this wonderful rescue work that they do exclusively for rabbits and guinea pigs. Each of the rabbits in this calendar have their own rescue story, all with a happy ending. Go to bunnybench.org to order online. Also, I encourage you to check out our Pet Place website at petplace.org to find out more Pet Place news. And once there, click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on this show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.